0: Y'all ready for this? What is up, everybody? Welcome to Sports Card Second Episode Thirty Four. Today we're having—I don't know. I mean, this guy. I don't. I literally don't know how to explain how awesome this guy is um guys we are having Dr. James Beckett on the show I literally all I can think about is just my 7 minute origin episode back in January and we're now having the doctor <laughs> Dr. James Beckett I mean guys that's I don't know. I mean, that's just insane. I literally all I can think about is back in January, me recording in my AirPods. And now we're here with Dr. James Beckett. I mean, whatever, I'm just I just want you guys to think about that. But we have a long segment today. Um this is going to sort of be a raw I, I'm I barely touched this. I mean, so I thought about editing it So we actually did a dueling questions um, episode where he's going to choose the best questions and answers for his show to make it 15 minutes. I want to release the whole thing and this will be the record 42 minutes long for the segment, but um, I didn't touch this. I wanted it. I wanted to hear I want to have both Dr. Beckett and uh, my questions. I learned a lot about him, um, and he I think he learned a lot about me. Hopefully he did, but um going to keep this intro short and sweet. Episode 34, the Dr. James Beckett. Let's get into it.
1: Welcome, Jacob Burris. I'm looking forward to this Dueling Questions, and uh, you get first shot. So what's your first question for me, Jacob, and welcome <laughs> so-
0: my first question is right now since we're on this Zoom call I see this awesome card wall right behind you all these awesome Beckett graded cards what card are you proud of the most back on that card wall behind you
1: Now let's see this I I just changed the panels and so this is oh you really can't see it the the rarest card uh, is is half off half on it's the harry Aganis autograph card from 1955 tops he died like a month after the card was was produced but there's an andre the giant rookie card if you're if you're a wrestling guy uh let's see there's santa claus card that is very mysterious because this is a b's and c's uh bill cower over there uh you know just it's it's I do, I, Roberto Clemente is my favorite guy, you know. So I'm trying to think he would be. Let's see if he's behind me. Yeah, I don't see him, but I've got an autographed Roberto Clemente rookie card. That's probably one of my favorite cards. Yeah,
0: yeah that has to be awesome. I mean, yeah. especially when if you have a BGS. Is and the best. Was, obviously. All
1: of them are BGS. I, yep. It's the best for me, Jacob, for sure. I, I, heard I wonder you know, why. I heard your episode about evaluating the grading companies, and I thought it was reasonably fair and and balanced. But you have your preferences, as everybody yep. does. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm as obviously partial to BGS. So
0: yeah, I wonder why. Okay,
1: <laughs> okay. so uh, my question for you, uh, just picking up with that. Um, I'm not in charge anymore, but if I was. And you were my friend, and you were a serious collector and a younger person. What advice would you give to me for BGS? You know, because I'm involved in starting it, and you know it's a very competitive uh, field out there with other outstanding grading companies. But uh, any advice um, that you would give me that I could pass on? Again, I could have just taken the advice when I was in charge, but now, (laughs)
0: uh,
1: but uh, I like those guys. I want to help them, so. Help me help them. What do you think advice you would give from your perspective, how BGS could be stronger or better or more helpful to you?
0: Well, I mean, obviously right now um, we have, there's enormous backlog. They have to charge more, which that kind of does stink. Um, One thing I would do is just completely eliminate the non-subgrade thing. uh, Like BGS People want it for the subgrades, honestly. If you're just, you might get more business because people just want to immediately get a card back quickly. But people want the subgrades. Um, That is something I would do. Um, Also, if I know this sort of messes up things sometimes, but like if you want, you want, if you can try to get more of the backlog quickly but you also need good graders so that is a problem like you would have to have enough really good graders to get the backlog through um that is very hard though there's the the great graders there's not an abundance of those you can't just go out and find Mm -hmm. graders but also maybe um something that people would really love is if you could somehow guarantee a turnaround time and then like maybe take off certain amount if they do not accommodate your purchase like something like I like is like some companies like SGC and stuff they are basically getting it back within the turnaround time um but PSA like the premium level even like the one to two week level, it's taken two months. So, I mean, if you can guarantee a turnaround time, that is something that people will immediately buy in this hobby. So that's probably my biggest um, advice for someone is if you can guarantee turnaround times, then do it.
1: Okay. I've never been able to say this on any of my podcasts, but I can say it to you. And that is that those things were happening before you were born. <laughs> that is true. Started, when we started, the three things. You mentioned three things. First was um, the report card. If I were still in charge, there would always be a report card if you wanted, with maybe a slight up charge, but not, not double price or significant price, because to grade it, you really need to look at all the subgrades mm-hmm. and put them down. So when I was in charge, the, the, I was totally with you on that, but again, that was before you were born. But still, uh, when it was started, it was uh, the subgrades were really intended to be a differentiator, really helpful, which which I think it really is, and it's it it, it sets apart uh, BGS. I think. Secondly, you talked about the guarantees. We had guarantees before <laughs> you were born when we started out. That was I won't say it was my idea, but I really I really believe in business when you want to get started. PSA was already pretty established i thought one and they were slow then not as slow as now but they'd get it back when they get it back and they, they but it's gotten really bad now but well, we said we're gonna have a if it's not if we don't get it back to you on time it's free and that's what we did for a while
0: Ooh, man. and then after a
1: while we'd have people I'd like that, that. that would, well they would claim they didn't get it you know <laughs> yeah. and they so well, i want it for free because i didn't receive it back so we'd have to say well wait a minute it's, we, when we get it, that starts the timer, and when we ship it back to you, that's not our responsibility after we put it in the mail if it gets if it gets slow in the mail. So we did have a guarantee, and then after, after a while, we realized that there were things that happened that it just probably was better to have a guarantee that wasn't 100%. You didn't get it for free, but maybe get like half off or 20% off or something to say, hey, we're sorry, we tried to get it on time. And then, but over the years, especially after I was gone, it just was was too much of a liability. But if if you had a problem and you got way behind. Okay. Third thing you mentioned, same thing that that we did when when I was there. It's going to make it sound like, again, days were simpler back in those days and it wasn't as (laughs) much volume, but so it wasn't like I was the answer. But what we had back uh, 20 plus years ago before you were born, as I said, The overflow when we got behind, since we had so many price guide analysts that were really good at grading cards that helped get it started. And then they'd go back to doing their, you know, the price guide analysis stuff that I used to do and they did. So we get behind our grading, they could go in and help catch up.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's now
1: now they don't have that anymore. They don't have anybody to come and help catch up as much. So when they're behind, the only way they can catch up is to say, hey, slow down on the submissions or and overtime it's hard to do a lot of overtime and try to hire people but like you said even if somebody really was a really good grader they'd still have to prove themselves to be trusted you know they, yep. they they look like they're good but you know some people can grade really good uh but if you graded really well for the first 6 hours of the day but you're there 8 hours and then you're tired and so you know the guys that are there now there's a few gals too, but they're, they're good all through the day. They're, they have yeah. that consistency and, and the quality and all the grading companies have that difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, like I said, 20 years ago, not as big a problem. We exactly. had grading, not surplus. We had grading people that could, that could pop in and help out. And we had a guarantee and we almost always would do the the subgrades.
0: Yeah. So, 20 years ago was a lot different. If I, grading
1: though if I were than back in charge, I would move in that direction, Jacob. But, <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, your turn for me. That was, All right. that was my question okay. for you about BGS. Okay.
0: okay. So um, you just sort of mentioned this, but what made you like what made your line of thought to start a price guide? So, I mean, obviously when you started the price guide, there was no internet. So obviously you couldn't just go look up a card. So that obviously had to be one of the, the sort of lines of thought there, but like what just sort of made you want to start this?
1: Well, a bunch of people asked me (laughs) doing the books. I mean, the magazine, they didn't that that became obvious. But the very first thing was doing the annual price guides that were the books that listed all the cards and 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 I even did price surveys before that. But people were asking me. They knew that I had a PhD in statistics, that I that I was very knowledgeable about the cards. I went to all the not all the shows, but I went to a lot of shows back back. This is now 40 45 years ago. Uh so I went to all the shows and people said, hey, you should do that. And um, so finally Uh, finally I said, okay, I'll do it. But it took a long time. The first one takes the longest. And after that, you're kind of comparing after that and then doing the magazines that turned out to be a lot of fun. But again, the first one was really hard. Which cards are you going to list? Which sets, you know, what, what other stuff are you going to put in the quote unquote magazine? So, so I, I am, you know, very blessed to have been at the right place at the right time with a reasonable set of, uh, skills. And a lot of good friends, many of whom then came to work on our team and, and we, we had a great ride and they're still riding it out. So
0: yeah, sure. Yeah. And I'm retired,
1: um, but not, I'm semi-retired. I still can yeah. run the hobby, but I don't have to be at the office any day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Still good. laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, like you said, the first one would be the hardest. Cause like, do you want to put what sets, especially like regional sets, subsets, all that jazz, like whatever but once you get to the first one, then once people sort of realize, okay, this is going to be in here over and over, or once a set like completely emerges, then you can obviously add that. But like once it becomes a mainstay, it just sort of helps a lot.
1: <laughs> well, it helps to know, and it's kind of like when you're a young person, that every year, you don't have to have your act together fully at 13 or 14 or 15, but every year you ought to get a little better. And it'' that yes. the same thing, that you learn a little bit more. And uh, the same thing for us. I mean, the first uh, first issue wasn't, I mean, it, it was great, but it then the next month you got to do it all over again. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but we had good acceptance and like I said, great teammates and got a lot of good feedback from one of our uniqueness was we'd get good feedback from the dealers as well as from the collectors.
0: Yeah, that's so important. We
1: We're just trying to have the dealers say, hey, you need to raise this price. And know, what are you selling it for? And then we'd ask the collectors, what are you paying for it? and so sometimes well we would have to we'd have to verify.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh okay, my turn for you. I've got and this is an age question. And you're I'm sure you're precocious, so I'm not going to say that you're typical. I'm sure you're way 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 above average. But if I were going to get um, a person to help me, I if I have some extra cards, some lots of cards, so not a single card, but like uh, you know, 50 cards, 100 cards that are you know, from a team or a player or something like that. And I wanted to put them on eBay. And I wanted to get somebody to help me. This is my question for you, Jacob. What's the lowest age I should get? Because young people are really smart. Uh, They're very digital savvy. They understand eBay. But, you know, if I wanted somebody local, I wanted somebody local. So I don't know that they'd have to drive or their parents would bring them over, but they'd come over once a week and, you know, box up the stuff and, and uh, post it to eBay and stuff like that. What would be the youngest age that you would think if you were me would be a good age to look for?
0: Yeah. So like you said, a lot of people, uh, younger people are um, tech savvy. I know some um, 13 and 14 year olds that have over $10,000 worth in this in stock market. So, I mean, that's pretty crazy, but honestly, it matters just like who you can find locally. I mean, you could have that 13 year old, but you could also have, I mean, really, probably want someone that would be able to drive themselves over, probably just for a couple miles. So probably, I mean, it matters who they are, obviously. But 16 would probably be the lowest. It, I mean, there are some people that I know that are huge into the hobby, know a ton about it. Um, you know, obviously, Brody the kid is um, pretty yeah, smart. He knows yeah, a lot. Yeah. And then, I but mean, he doesn't
1: live here. He doesn't live. That's here. true. Yeah.
0: But like, if you had a Brody the kid in your area. That's what I'm saying, basically. So probably 16. I'd I'd probably want them to be able to at least drive over.
1: Yeah. Well, Brody's is he 14 yet? He's he's if he's I think, 14, he's pretty close.
0: Yeah. I think. Yeah. If, I think he's pretty close. Yeah. But I
1: met Brody's mom and dad. So what you're what you're suggesting to me that I never really thought about, but thanks for the idea, is that if I had a younger person, I think they'd really enjoy the cards, mm-hmm. and their only problem would be they couldn't drive.
0: Exactly. But it might
1: be a good uh father son activity or mother-son activity because Brody's mom and dad are real active they really yeah. encourage him I don't know about your parents but my parents encouraged me when i was collecting so maybe it'd be something for a for a, a parent and a kid to do if the kid couldn't drive and That's then maybe yeah. kind of establish an eBay business.
0: Yeah my okay. dad yeah if if it was like that my dad would love to do that definitely <laughs>
1: saying, okay well you'd have to yeah. move to Dallas but it's a, it's a minor detail there.
0: Yeah just okay, a couple
1: Your
0: turn again, Jacob. All right. So um, I know you have um, been around the hobby for a long, long time. Um, Obviously, you've been—you are extremely smart. You started BGS. You started the Beckett Magazine, the Price Guides—extremely popular stuff. But what? Obviously, those are very successful. But with that, obviously, challenges. So, what are your biggest challenges you've had come out of those?
1: Well, one of the biggest challenges was when, uh, because we were going along, everything was fine and things were growing. And then we had a baseball strike back in 94, I think. And and, and all of a sudden there's no baseball being played. It's kind of like COVID a, a year yeah. ago. There were no sports going on. And so how do you do a magazine about the cards and do prices of the cards? I mean, you can, but it's just everything kind of stood still for a while. And so that was... Um, really difficult and, and our company took a financial hit we we were you know successful enough that we could weather that that uh that period but it was just that took some of the fun out of it you know because yeah. then a lot of the collectors were were kind of mad at the players and they were mad at the teams the owners the leagues that you know why can't you get your act together to where we get where you can keep playing because we love baseball and then of course every sport over the over the decades. Seemingly had some kind of a work stoppage, and and we had no control over that. So you try to. Uh, so I've always wanted to be real positive for the hobby, and most of the things are really, really positive. The other thing, Jacob was, I had a heart attack like 25 years ago, so that was that was kind of difficult. <laughs> I almost died. You're,
0: you're still <laughs> <But> here now.
1: <laughs> I'm here now, yes. Yeah, so, but I it probably so I, even though I thought everything was going great, you know, I I probably had more stress. I, I worked really hard, so. You know, it's good to take good care of yourself. And I did. Maybe if I'd taken worse care of myself, I, I would have stayed dead. But but it wasn't my time. So I'm, I'm thankful. And uh, and I want to, you know, be a, a contributing member of not just society, but to the hobby. I, yep. I, 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 this is the greatest hobby of all time. And it a real delight to see young people that really enjoy it as much as I did when I was your age, I think. There so, goes the
0: saying again, greatest hobby of all time. Greatest
1: of all time, absolutely. Okay. uh, My turn. No, my turn, right? Yep. Okay. um, I've listened to some of your podcasts and you're uh, not exactly like me, obviously, but I have some different type of episodes I do. And I've noticed that you kind of skip around too. You have some Mm -hmm. you do with a younger friend, you do some interviews, you do some thematic things or, or um, so what, how do you decide that? And what do you enjoy the most? Um uh, because you're 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 into it now to where you've got a flow going, but it's not like everyone is the same.
0: Exactly. Um yeah, so we look at some podcasts like sports carnation, it's a guest-driven show. Your show, I mean generally it it probably over half has a guest. Um, but like my show really like whatever comes to mind during the week, okay. like if I see something in the news in homie News that sort of jumps to, out to me in that category. I might discuss it, but if I can get a guest lined up, that's honestly, that's the most fun. Um, Like the obviously the hobby is the people. I'm going to give John Newman another plug. He's one of my great friends, but i be um,
1: very happy. He does listen. He listens to yours and mine. So you may get a double dose of this, but he's, he's, he believes it and lives it. So that's, yep. that's to his credit.
0: But yeah, if I can get a guest lined up, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Um, But I mean, really just to help. I really love helping out kids. Like that's just, I love um, helping people get into the hobby. So that's why I do some of the like beginner stuff, like, and then talk about grading and all that stuff. Um, Sometimes I like to have fun, just discuss the sports world sometimes. And then uh, like I've opened cards on there. I've gone to shops. Obviously I did a show from the national every day at the national. That was really fun. But Honestly, really just whatever jumps into my head during the upcoming shows, like whenever I can, I'll just throw it out there.
1: Well, we're similar on that. That's kind of what I do. I mean, I, 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 I probably enjoy the interviews the most, but I don't want to do all of them interviews because I'm doing it every day. So I want exactly. to do and I do a lot. Uh, I've I've had a lot of fun with John Newman. Rich Klein is very regular, my good buddy, and and then several others that I've had on several times. And now you, Jacob, so <laughs> that's great. So and what I find is like in the dueling questions, it, each person has a different perspective based on their exactly. age or where they live, or and so it's it's fun to get at things like that. So yeah, uh, was that yours to me?
0: Uh, no, I I think that was yours.
1: Okay, your turn.
0: Um. All right. So okay so you obviously mentioned this earlier Roberto Clemente is your guy um so obviously what so Roberto Clemente he's a all-time great 3,000 hits um probably should have been more honestly he's a great one of the greatest people in history of people I mean his his death was trying to help people like that's just that's just awesome like that's the best way you can possibly die, really. Um, but um, so we talked about Roberto Clemente. So you obviously talked about your rookie card. You have him. But so is your PC just would you say your main PC guy would be Roberto Clemente?
1: Uh, maybe. I, I don't really. Again, PC is almost a concept now that's after I was a collector. But when I collected, it was in the age of trying to get complete sets. And then I have got complete sets. And then a lot of complete sets I've sold off now. But I've kept, I would keep the Clemente though. You know, <sighs> so I still yeah. kept some good cards. But now my 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 PC kind of is my wall, I think.
0: Yeah, carboy. Backup
1: stock for the wall. So I need to do uh, some videos of the wall, kind of breaking it down because it's this is like one, one twentieth of it.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: what you're seeing, and so maybe 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 one fifteenth of it or something. There's there's probably yeah. So, you know, I, if you don't show the video of it, people can't see. And then when I see, and so when I do those videos, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say, oh yeah, I've got that card, and I'll be able to say where I got it, mm-hmm. and I'll enjoy it. So for many, when I start doing the price guides, I quit being a serious player collector. Uh, I mainly just did type cards. So I have a lot of really unusual cards that are not necessarily that valuable, but each one of them has a story. So if I, so that's kind of more what I'm doing. And so if I break down my wall and, uh, and show it to people and narrate what I, what I have, I think that'll be fun for me. And that, that'll be kind of like my PC that's broad according, cause it's every sport and it's, you know, from, the eighteen hundreds to the two thousands. And so it's it's every sport, every every play, not every player, but most most of the Hall of Famers and things like that.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's what I
1: collect now. So I wouldn't just have an album of Roberto Clemente. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I just and not only that, his cards are too valuable to <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> that's true. So but but so I have some graded stuff, but uh it's hard to display if you have a lot of cards.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah but I'll try. And it's hard to describe them on a, on a podcast. That's audio.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. Uh,
1: Okay. Was that, that was, you. that was,
0: yeah, that was me. Okay.
1: Okay. This is an easy one. What are you going to be when you grow up?
0: Ooh, I don't know what I'm going to be, but I well, I want to be. What do you want to
1: be? I wanted (laughs) to play center field for the pirates. I didn't make it. I, you
0: know, what do you want to be? Right now, I mean, sports are a big thing. I play basketball, so that would be sort of fun. I mean, honestly, like my goal for basketball, obviously, like it is extremely almost impossible to make it to the NBA. So, I mean, honestly, just playing college basketball would be fun. Um, But honestly, podcasting is kind of the way to go. Yeah,
1: right. I mean, uh, I hate to say it, I, but if I look back, I think because podcasting wasn't a thing back when I was a kid, but I probably had a better shot at podcasting than I did at playing center field for the Pirates or playing uh, alongside Luca on the Mavericks. I, well, he can make anybody look good, but you got to be able to hit those open, open threes. Yeah, that. Uh,
0: All right. Yeah. So you mentioned some of the memories with your um, card wall just sort of like having memories. And so what is your favorite story from acquiring a card from that card wall?
1: Let's see here. Well, well, there's, I'll just tell one story about this. It's not what you would think, but there's a card on the wall that people don't know who it is it's a card that's a disguise and there's a very very few people would recognize who the person is so it's a person and i know who it is but most people do not know who it is
0: oh wait so i bet i know
1: when i when i when people get to walk around and take time and look at it they're they're curious about it but they they, they don't even <laughs> want to guess but uh, it's very few would figure it out so I just, uh, yeah, so I better better leave it at that. But most of the cards, I've traded, uh, I've, I've had some good trades and some bad trades. Most of the, a lot of the cards I got that are on the wall, I got a long time ago. Um, and so, I you mean, know, I didn't, I, I really, i more bought collections. And so it's like the collection that I bought that had a good card in it, rather than just buying a card last year there was a good card, the newer cards, you've got to do that. Um, yeah. So right. probably not a great answer, but that somebody will figure it out. Rich Klein yeah. probably knows. Okay. Uh, my turn for you. Um, are you strictly audio in your podcast? And if so, um, why? Or do you post stuff to YouTube as well?
0: Uh, so right now I am strictly audio. Yes. But YouTube is in the works. I'm, working on a YouTube channel right now. Um, that is something like I've realized there is more kids obviously watch YouTube than have podcasts, listen to podcasts. So I feel like I'll be able to reach out to them more through YouTube. So that's why that is something coming up in the near future.
1: I think that's wise. I think yes. that's why because I think you're exactly right. You know, and it's, it's big kids and little kids who want to be <laughs> on YouTube because they want, even if they don't look at it, they could, they could look at it. They don't have to. Exactly. They could they could they could listen. So okay, your turn for me.
0: All righty. So this one is strictly from a trading or buying standpoint or just the look of the cards, however you like it. But would you rather nineteen fifty two tops or nineteen oh nine T two oh six?
1: Fifty two tops for sure. I, mean, right. I love the T cards, but I, I think the you know I'm the fifty twos would be my set, yeah would be my, okay. yeah. and, I, and I just, I like the design, you know, when, when, when I was buying collections, if they had some 52 tops cards, you know, they would be that, that you knew you had something good. Mm-hmm. In fact, in one of the cards that's on the wall is an Eddie Matthews. That's 52 tops He's yeah. the last card in the set 407. And when I was buying a collection in Hawaii, actually, and the guy and I he lived not on a different island, but he lived on the other side of the island and my parents were living there. And so I, he called, he, um, I had an ad in the paper and he, he called and he said, I got some cards. I said, he said, but I live over here. I said, well, it's really far away. I don't know if I could make it that far, but you know, what do you have? He said, well, I got some cards from in the fifties and sixties. And I said, well, I don't know, maybe, I mean, this is 45 years ago. This is like 1974 or something like that. And so I said, well, were some players that you have? And he said, uh, well, I've got uh, Mickey Mantle and Roberto Clemente and Ted Williams. And that sounds good. Eddie Matthews. So what's the number? So I said, Eddie Matthews, what's the number on the back of the card? And he said, 407. And I said, just stay where you are. I'll be there in 45 minutes.
0: Oh Gosh, that's funny.
1: He had a collection and he had, he had some, you know, so those were the fifty-two tops high numbers. You know, so that, yeah, that's yeah, that's on the that card, right. that cards yeah. on the wall. So that answer to your previous question. So yeah, I think it's yeah, it's funny how people. But fifty-two tops for sure. I really was. Uh, I think I have a, a bias toward things that were in the magazine. Yeah, you know that we're, we were tracking monthly, and you know there's a lot more activity of fifty-two tops than than t two o sixes. I never had a Wagner. Uh, but I've I've had Ma- Mickey Mantles before of 52 tops, so that wasn't it wasn't impossible card. It was really hard to get in great shape, but and I have some T206s, but I don't. I just and and there's some on the wall, probably a Ty Cobb. But no. yeah. in fact, I should look. Uh, well, anyway, eventually I'll put it up. <laughs> okay, that was yours, mine. Um, You're baseball mainly.
0: Yeah, mostly baseball. I do dabble it? a little bit in basketball, um, boy, but baseball—just sort of my dad got me into baseball, so that's why I um, stick to baseball.
1: Okay. Yeah. And and are you vintage or or modern or just? Um,
0: uh, vintage uh, is. Um, kind of hard to come by sometimes, um, especially when you're 13, you're broke (laughs) like me, but
1: (laughs) um, you're broke too. It takes other things to spend money on besides cars.
0: That's true. Um, but I mean, you sort of have to, to go with modern, um, Something I do s- sort of enjoy because it's easy to get is junk wax. I love like Bo Jackson, Frank Thomas, Kangaroo Jr. I love those guys. Um, I'm a huge Kangaroo Jr. collector. I'm working on all of his rookie cards right now. i about to send his 89 upper deck off to get graded. Um, but That's the yeah, big I mean, one, yeah. yeah, it's the big one. Yep. Um, but yeah, I feel like the junk wax era to now is where I'm. I am. I obviously do have a couple decent vintage cards, but.
1: Yeah. not very much people should collect what they like and yeah the, the junk wax um it's when it's wax it's still exciting to get a pack of 88 donruss or 80, <laughs> yeah. 89 for you probably you know the yeah. you know, a chance to get a uh you know, Griffey. and stuff yep. like that so you know or it, so but still it's a card is a card you yeah. know the, there's there's good cards and there's great cards and there's even even cards that are overproduced, they're still beautiful cards, and some yep. of them grayed out and 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 are turn out to be pretty, pretty, pretty pricey actually.
0: Yeah, especially we, also there's like the error cards and stuff to chase, like and <clears> and Billy Ripkin. Yeah. <laughs> Billy oh, exactly. Ripkin,
1: exactly. That was you could, so there's lots of stuff you can get yep. in some of those uh, those packs.
0: Yep. All right, so I guess that would be my turn. Um, so this is sort of a two part question. So what is the most valuable card in your wall money-wise? And what is the most valuable card to you?
1: Well, oh, I'm not allowed to answer the most valuable money card. My wife <laughs> says that you can't say that, but let me just say this. There can be a $5 card next to a $50 card next to a $500 card next to a $5,000 card. Now, if you're not a collector, you don't even know which one is which exactly, but collectors know yeah I, I <laughs> have a jackie do. robinson leaf you know rookie yeah. card that john newman spotted out of the corner yeah. of my eye. so that's that's one of the the more valuable ones but the valuable the more valuable cards i keep at the bank you know so mm-hmm. i'm not going to keep my yeah. not, not i'm not going to keep the, so this isn't my absolute best stuff but my, yeah. my really expensive stuff i keep there and so but this is still stuff to to show people so what would you say yeah. the most valuable card that I have, or the one that I enjoy the most, or?
0: Yeah, both of those actually. Yeah,
1: yeah. I had, and I found out, you know, ten years ago, but I did, it wasn't like I found out yesterday. But you know, I had some exhibit cards from the twenties, and I was looking through them a number of years ago, and I realized, oh my goodness, this is a Lou Gehrig rookie card, and I had it just sitting there along with some others because back. 40 years ago when I got them, there wasn't a premium for, hey, this is Lou Gehrig's rookie card yeah. from 1925. So that was cool to see. And, I, and it, you know, so it's, that's, so that's cool. Another cool factor is cards that I probably will not sell if I can help it, obviously, yeah. until, the, until I die or something. But uh, my dad, that one of the Babe Ruth cards, that saw my, the Babe Ruth cards on my wall used to be my dad's oh wow so that's cool so that's yeah. that's you know uh sentimentally valuable to me as well
0: yeah
1: and i've got a card uh, the first card i ever bought is on my wall it's got 56 tops and it's sitting wow. there he's no good it's spook jacobs he wasn't a great player but it's the first card i ever got so a little history there yeah with, uh, and i think that's part of the fun of the hobby is if you remember where you got it or mm-hmm. and so the value even though i'm kind of the price guide guy I don't try to emphasize the value too much Um, but that's what a lot of people ask about and that's why on my wall I'm I'm sprinkling in some cards that are not as valuable Mm -hmm. if people don't know if I don't want them to say hey let me go let me go to the most valuable card I'm saying just look at the card see what you like if you want to see some more stuff like that and some people say oh you got the you know older basketball or older football or newer basketball or newer or wrestling you know I yeah uh, kind of a You know, a second cousin that came over just freaked out when he saw there were wrestling cards. You got a Hulk Hogan rookie. Oh, my goodness. He just he couldn't look at any other card once he saw that. I said, look, there's another 999 cards on the wall. I just want to look at this. It's okay. And now it is more valuable. Yeah, because more people are interested in that.
0: So. yeah, that's true. Yeah. The the non the non-major sport cards are French becoming major sport really cards.
1: have caught on. They've yep. really caught on. So yeah. You know,
0: Especially so. something like I never understood. Why is soccer never? I mean, like that's just something I feel like should have always been extremely well, popular, it's, but it's coming it is now. now. It's coming yep. now, yeah. It is and, now, and, yep.
1: and A lot of the stuff from really, you know, the Pele cards from the yep. late fifties, they're they're um, but they just weren't a big deal back a long time ago. So I I probably could have bought them, but I just, we weren't doing price guides for them and uh, they didn't seem, I mean, it's not that they were, they weren't rare, but they weren't, they weren't plentiful either.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so you just think, well, I could, I'll get that some other time. I'm too busy looking for baseball. Uh, I was mainly baseball like you. And then I've kind of, you know, but I do all the sports now, uh-huh. football. I do a lot of football now, Dallas Cowboys, obviously <laughs> so, yep. have fun with that. Uh, you got time for one more? Let's yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, what is your perspective? You know, because I'm 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 not at the end of my life, but I'm older, and you're not at the very beginning of your life, but you're younger, and mm-hmm. so I'm wondering if younger people look at investment versus collect collecting versus investing different. Because for me, if I bought a card now, it can't be a long term investment because I'm not a long-term guy. It's <laughs> short term, short time to go, but I'm not interested in how it's going to do. But you could buy something now and you could have it for 50 years. And so does that affect you to think I want to buy stuff. Am I mainly a collector? I'm mainly an investor. Do I want to buy something that I think is going to be worth more in 50 years? I don't have 50 years. But yeah. what is your perspective on investing versus collecting as a 13 year old?
0: Um so I am honestly, I'm a way bigger collector than investor. Honestly, like, of course, if I have a certain rookie card or like a rare card, whatever, if it's worth something and it's not a player I care about, like if it's not a Cincinnati Red, <laughs> okay. I mean, like I just have recently sold off Wander Franco cards and some Boba okay. cards. So, I mean, like, if I don't necessarily care about the player, I'm I'm more of a collector. So if I don't care about the player as much as the value, then I, I'm probably more, I'd say I've, I'm more of a collector than an investor.
1: I think every parent that's listening to this is thinking, good answer, Jacob, <laughs> <laughs> because at 13, it's, you know, it's, it's a cold, cruel world, but just to enjoy the hobby. And some of the things you get might go up in value, uh, and some might not, but just to enjoy it. And, um, uh, but, you know, if you've got to focus on Griffey and Reds and and uh, a few other players, that'll be fun for you. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Griffey it's exactly. pretty hard to go wrong with Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's really hard to go wrong. It's hard to go wrong with a guy that hit 600 home runs over on so far his career.
1: Real deal. Real deal.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Well, thanks, Jacob. Any, any last questions? I mean, thanks, Jacob Burris, for uh, sports cards second.
0: Yes, sports cards second. That is correct. Does
1: that mean the second of time? Or the second as opposed to first?
0: <laughs> the second of time. Because, I mean, if you had to look at my show, it's usually 10 to 30 minutes. So, okay, I mean, so generally sports, shorter than most shows.
1: The sports card minute was taken.
0: Yes, that is true. Now
1: you're sports <laughs> card second. <Okay>. Mike
0: Summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: He's another one of my favorites. So, yeah. uh, if you haven't had him on, you really need to have. To I work. need.
0: To, yeah, I'm He's working very on.
1: Very He's very helpful. He's got a great podcast too.
0: So. Yes, he does. I that was actually one of the original podcasts that I started listening to. Um, Eric Norton, obviously the pod father. Exactly. Um,
1: one of my buddies. I know. Sports
0: car nation. Yep. Uh, Doctor Beckett's sports car insights. Uh, uh, waxback. Um, waxback hero. Um and uh let's see Packed yeah let's you do pack yeah to pack the to the future yeah pack to the future um those guys are good too yeah yeah they they're funny dude. I don't see
1: they this competition funny. for you or me I think it's just they're they're out there doing good stuff and
0: yeah
1: you know it's if you do a good episode that people like they can just share it and exactly and you know if and you're the same way as me you, every episode is a little bit different so some people are going to like some of them more than others and that's fine that's fine
0: yeah I keep doing. yeah I view I view other sports card podcasts. I view them as friends. I mean, Absolutely. we I've had so many like I've had Pack to the Future on John Jim uh you on obviously, uh John Newman Brody the kid like all of them they're not competition. I mean, That's and then true. you see like Hobby Hotline like all of you guys are on there. I mean, it's just like so. I I don't well, view them as competition. We
1: do they're a, di- we do, a We've done you know kind of a content creator podcaster dinner here, but <laughs> I think you're too far away unless you come. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But, yeah, Dallas uh, show maybe. We, we did a
1: little bit of that at the national. We had kind of a smaller dinner where uh, mm. John Newman was there and Drew Herndon and Jeremy Lee. I don't know if you've been on Sports Cards Live, but he's good too. Yeah, and Rich Klein, you know who's of on. Of course, him. The Hotline guys, all the, yep. Those guys. So, anyway, yep. well, thanks, Jacob. I appreciate you taking some time out on a, your your busy day.
0: <laughs>
1: so, yeah. I'm. Yeah. I've got school. I've got. uh I've got uh, podcasting duties that, uh, and uh, not uh, a lot of fun. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Thank you for um, being able to do that. I mean, that this yeah. is super awesome. I mean, this oh. is like, how have you, this is basically the pinnacle. <laughs> well, I, mean, I do know
1: about that because you've got a lot of pinnacles to come. That's true. <laughs> you know, hopefully this will be a good experience for you in your 13 yeah. year. And then you'll do something even cooler when you're 14 and 15 and 16 yeah. and 18. And just yeah. keep going. The life builds on itself. So
0: that's true. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I did um, at 13, I probably was slowing down and barely collecting at all at 13. You know, 12 was a, <laughs> was a huge year. 13 was a kind of a, a drop off and 14 and 15 then I started kind of picking up again after a while there
0: yeah was, a bit, for me I'm speeding up I'm going like this well,
1: good but I, and that's good but uh, you know it was it was just I moved a lot and so yep. if you'd move and then you'd have a new set of friends and if they didn't collect then you know so you know you kind of go go by the flow so yep anyway Jacob thank you and Thank i look forward to seeing you, you at, uh, will you be at the national at the uh, at, uh
0: hopefully I don't know
1: if this next one in, in um, Atlantic city yep. or, or the one after that is yeah Chicago. Chicago. That's, yep.
0: that's I'm cool. hoping to make it to Atlantic city. It's a little farther of a drive, obviously about 10, 12 hours. So, um, but Chicago obviously is very doable. I mean, we, we left on Wednesday, so we left Wednesday morning and just basically walked in. So, I mean,
1: that's cool. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I mean,
1: well, I'm hope, hoping
0: no. Atlanta city, but, probably Chicago, at least Chicago in okay. 2024 or three. I yeah,
1: well, hope so. Look forward to meeting you in person.
0: Yeah, that'll be awesome. Okay.
1: okay thanks, Jacob. Thank you. You bet. Yep. Yep.